Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm chatting with author Amanda Greaves. Amanda is an interior designer, speaker, and guide, and shares her relatable and raw life story with the world in her book, which is brand spanking new, just out this month, The Chameleon Diaries, Designing a Life Worth Changing For. This has to be one of my all-time favorite conversations. Amanda is just such a strong, brave, and powerful person whose real-life experiences make us feel less alone. We're all searching for fulfillment in life, and we can see so much of ourselves along her journey to self-love. Her energy is contagious. She's just so inspiring, and I can't wait to see where her next adventure leads her. But before we get into our conversation, here's a little bit more about Amanda. After 13 years of running an award-winning interior design firm, Amanda started to realize that although she liked her career, she just didn't love it anymore. Knowing that design had been a dream she followed for over 30 years, she felt unfulfilled, stressed out, and was yearning for something different, something more in tune with her soul and her life's purpose. In 2022, acknowledging career burnout and breaking a long-lived pattern of toxic personal relationships, Amanda found herself standing on the precipice of, do I stay or do I go? and made the decision to shift her perspective and career, change her life's intentions, and redesign her future. Through courageous acts of self-discovery and relentlessly working to uncover her innermost truth with authentic coverage, she took a leap of faith, wrote a book, and subsequently embarked on a new journey towards fulfillment, self-love, and unapologetic self-acceptance. Patience, persistence, confidence, and compassion are what fueled Amanda to push and pull herself through the peaks and valleys of transformation, unveiling a strength and empowerment that resonated at her core. With a new career that's led her to authorship, motivational speaking, consulting, and coaching platforms, Amanda now leads with her heart and empowers others through the opportunity to design a life worth changing for. And in our conversation today, Amanda and I talk about digging into why we're trying to prove ourselves all the time, how we use money as an excuse to not living a life we're truly fulfilled by, the power of mindset, leaning into loving yourself, and so much more. You guys can get Amanda's book, The Chameleon Diaries, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and and any of those small bookstores near you. Um, The book is coming out the end of February 2024, so I I wanted to make sure this episode was timely um, to her her book launch. You can also check out um, the book and more about Amanda on her website, and that's amandagreaves.com. Greaves is spelled G-R-E-A-V-E-S. And she's out there as well on um, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You guys, this is just an amazing episode. I'm so excited to share it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the courageous and beautiful Amanda Greaves. Enjoy. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Megan, thank you so much. It's great. Thank you. I'd love to start by having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and, and what you're doing. Yeah. So 
I am, I'm making a career transition right now. And it started about a year ago. I have been an interior designer for 20 years. I've owned my own company for 13 of those years. And I got totally burnt out. While I was in the process of burning the candle at both ends, I was also in a abusive relationship with a narcissist. And it was a lot of emotional abuse. And so I was getting burnt out professionally and completely, you know, pummeled emotionally on the personal side. And it all came to a head about a year, just over a year ago. And I finally put my hands in the air and said, I can't do this anymore. Fortunately, the company that I had started 13 years ago, I've put myself in a position where I was able to step aside. And I have taken 2023, I wrote a book from beginning to end and all of the editing included in that, which is called The Chameleon Diaries, Designing a Life Worth Changing For. And the book itself is all my memoir type vulnerable stories of the messy mishaps and lessons that I have learned throughout the course of my life and how I finally, finally was able to uncover the real me underneath all the masks I've been wearing for, you know, 30, 40 something years and really understand that the fulfillment I've been yearning for is on the other side of today's choices. And what I need to do is retrain myself on how to make better choices. And it's about embracing change. It's about falling in love with yourself. And it's about believing that you have the ability to do anything you want. So this big transition from burnout, low self-worth, the whole nine yards to stepping in, into my truest self and knowing that I can do anything. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. This is awesome. Yeah. And the vulnerability <laughs> and sharing that with the world is just so inspiring. Thank and I you. think that it's something that every woman needs to hear because we all go through experiences and we're all, you know, I think there's so much that um, we're all so much more alike than we even realize. Right. Yeah. And I'd love to dig a little deeper and, and ask you, where did you start? Like, what, what do you think? I know you started this interior design business, but was there sort of a goal in your mind when you said, like, I'm going to start this business? Do you really know what you were getting yourself into? Or did you really, I, I, I asked this question sort of from the angle of like, I was always taught to be a good little girl and just do what I was supposed to do, check all the boxes. So when you got yeah. to that stage in life where you were like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. Was it sort of at the um, motivation of trying to check the boxes or was there more to it than that? And I, I, at the time, right. Versus kind of what ended up happening and the, the realization that you came to after years of doing it. Yeah. So all phenomenal questions. And I, I'm, familiar with all of them. So I made the decision to be a designer when I was in high school, you know, 17, that was 30 years ago. And I went to school for it. So I have the education. I've been working in the industry for 20 something years. In 2008, with a lot of other people in a lot of other industries, I got laid off. And I was also getting my second divorce at the exact same time. So I then got laid off again. So I got laid off twice within six months. I was getting a divorce. I landed in this puddle of depression and it was horrible. It was, it was the, the emotions and the traumas and the, and, and the 
the lifestyles that had followed me around the globe for the past 10 years that all of a sudden started to just, I started to drown in my own sorrow. And I finally one morning woke up and said, I can't do this anymore. I got a job working with an architectural company. And a year into that, I'm looking around saying, I am not being utilized the way I know I should be. I am not being valued in the capacity that I know I can be. And I genuinely think I can do this as good, if not better than the people that I'm working for right now. So with three months of mortgage payments in my bank account and enough money for peanut butter and jelly, gas, peanut butter and jelly and bread and uh-huh. gas for like three months, I literally had less than $4,000 in my bank account. I quit my job. It's amazing. And I, I literally was like, all right, I'm doing this. And yeah. my, par- my, my parents were like, are you out of your mind? What are you doing? And I said, yeah. look, you know, worst thing that can happen, I move back in with you and nobody wants that to happen at this stage of the game. So I'm going to make this work. And I started my company and what I didn't realize then, but I started to come around a few years later when I got introduced to a coach, when I started to realize the the level of significance that I was seeking, that I was being driven by, I was out to prove myself to the world that I was just as good, if not better than anybody else. Yes. But fast forward 13 years and that driving intention to prove to everybody else that I was just as good had me exhausted, had me, you know, chasing love in all the wrong places, had me attracting one toxic relationship after the next. And I finally realized that it wasn't about proving myself to them. It wasn't about proving myself to the world or to my parents or even to the other people that I had worked for before. It was about understanding like, why am I doing this anymore at all? And, and I realized I had lost the point. There wasn't anything left to prove. I'm an award-winning interior design company. I have some really awesome friends. My family is awesome. You know, they're all supportive, the whole thing. But I got lost under all of the perceptions of what it was that I was supposed to do to make sure that the world saw me in a light. Yeah. And, you know, when I I got burnt out and in the whole thing, I finally, I woke up and I said, I need to take a really big break from everything and start to simplify. I really need to take a big step back and understand what is my why, who am I doing this for, and where are my intentions? And so that's what this last year, that's what the book actually ended up becoming for me, was this massive cathartic exercise of uh, learning how to embrace the change even more so than I already had and changing my mindset, adjusting, you know, Am I concerned about the materialistic beauty of the interior design world? Or am I more focused on the mindset of the actual spiritual and and the wholehearted beauty that is inside each one of us? So that's the evolution that I landed in. It's it is so relatable because we're yeah. all we're all looking for that, right? I feel like we all as high achieving, right, women, we are all looking for, I think, ultimately a way to prove ourselves. And I've, yeah. I've talked about this on, on the show before in my own personal stories, my own personal experiences. It's like, I put these pressures on myself 
to try to prove myself. And I'm like, prove myself to who? Yeah. And I think deep down, it's, I think it's about proving myself to other people, proving myself to the world, right? But it's really about proving myself to myself because it has to do with the belief that we have in ourselves, right? And so I don't know about you, but I was not just told, I was not taught as a kid to believe in myself. I was always doubt myself. I was brought up to put more reliance on what other people think and say that I should do versus what my own intuition is. And I think this is so common for so many women. And I talk about this again, it's such a theme that comes up because we can get so caught up in the outside world and the outside expectations of us and especially when it's related to money, right? And and what we spend our dollars on and what our you know ultimate goal is, right? Is the goal yeah. of the fancy car and the big house or is the goal to like feel good about ourselves, right? And we're just not taught that that's the ultimate goal. And I think we have to, through experiences and maturity and just general understanding and self-awareness, we have to come to that conclusion ourselves. Oh, I agree a thousand percent. I think generationally we probably grew up around the same time and when we think about our parents and then their parents we were taught you go to school you go to college you get out of college you get a job and you stay in that job for as long as you possibly can you retire and then you start to live your life and have a good time exactly you know our generation and probably all of the generations after us we are at a point right now where that's not good enough. And, you know, I remember growing up, my limiting beliefs started when I was very young. I remember I was never sure if I was going to be enough for somebody. So I would let my light shine and I would do what I needed to do. And then I was told that I was too much. You're too loud. So then I would dim myself down and that creates the limiting beliefs of I'm not enough. I'm too much. I'm not enough. I'm too much. Self-doubt. Who am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And so like I started in the context of this world. Like I can't just be who I really am. I have to be, I have to fit into this box in this certain yeah. area. Yeah, because with that box was created within a family environment, within the environment that my that I was born into, which again, my family is wonderful, but it, it's I was born into the their expectations. And right. I'm one of I'm one of the kids in my family where it's like, I'm not going to follow that same route because I just, (laughs) something about it just didn't resonate with me. It did not align. And so, you know, I was dubbed the wild one, the black sheep. Oh, who knows what Mandy's doing? She's off living in Australia. She's back down in DC. She's getting married again, whatever it may have been. And that's, that's that's a label that you, and that becomes your identity. It became my identity. But when I started to realize that, you know, maybe I wasn't enough for them. Okay, well, I'm going to shift gears and go find some people that accept me for the way I am. Maybe I'm too intense or, okay, so maybe you're not the right relationship pattern for me. And when I finally took a step back, my coach said to me one day, she said, you know, I think it's so ironic that one of your biggest problems that you're discussing with your clients and such is understanding where your self-doubt comes from. I said, I know. She said, because anybody that knows you would never consider you having any type of self-doubt. And I said, I know, but it's, it's been my fuel. I've been running from it, you know, and, and I doubt myself. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go prove over here that I'm going to be a better person. And so I, I take that doubt and I keep adding it as fuel. And now I'm like, I don't need that doubt anymore. 
Right. I need a different type of different type of energy to evolve around. So once you had that, and I guess this is, we're going to start getting into the book a little bit. Yeah. Once you had that kind of self-awareness, that realization that like, this is what's been happening. What did you do from there? How did you start to shift to how you wanted to feel instead? Interesting. So through the relationship that I was in for three years, two and a half, three years, started in beginning of 2020, went all the way to the end of 2023. So uh, no, went to the end of 2022. So it was three full years. There were traumatic emotional abuse elements that happened. And I, I sought therapy. I found an EMDR therapist that helped me uncover why I was reacting to certain things with such an extreme angry progression. And we, we dug in, we started digging deep and the digger I dug, (laughs) the deeper I dug, (laughs) (laughs) um, the more I started to uncover some of this stuff was just embedded in my psyche. Some of this stuff was like, it was, it was childhood stuff, you know, by mistake, my parents left me at the car dealership when I was four years old for all of about three minutes. Totally by it was back in the 80s when you could leave your kids in the car for for just a minute while you ran inside and grabbed milk or whatever it was. It wasn't, a, you know, you can't do that now. But 30 years ago, it wasn't a big deal. And I climbed out of the car when they went inside and, and I went through the front door and they came out the back and they left. But I had never remembered that until the guy I was with took off in an Uber down the street and left me at the hotel. And it was like, I went, turned around and I was a four-year-old throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of a hotel. And it was like, what's happening? Yeah. So I started digging and I really, 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 when he was gone, when, when some of my, my, um, when some of the clients that I had been working with that had been taking advantage of our company, when we'd finally fired them and gotten, got, you know, started to clean house, When I started to remove all of the layers of self-doubt and limiting beliefs and other people's opinions and other people's expectations and diving in, I'd say the early part of 2023, when I started writing the book, is when I started to realize it was time for me to shift more than I ever have. And it wasn't a shift from one city to the next, one state to the next country. It wasn't a job. It wasn't, it was, right. Yeah. You know, I needed to take that, that, you know, anxious avoidant in me and sit her down and have a conversation and say, come on, Amanda, this isn't good enough. We really need to make some changes. And I started to embrace it. The writing of the book was the most cathartic thing I've ever done in my entire life because it forced me to go back when you write a memoir, you know, you can't just write about what happened yesterday and the whole thing. Right. It forced me to go back to that first marriage, to that financial chaotic element that I was in when I was in my late twenties to deal with my second divorce. You know, all of it forced me to go back there to go through those emotions. And, you know, it, there was so much fear. So many times I was like, I can't afford to do this. And it stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. Well, I can't really afford to do what it is that I've just done. But on the flip side of that, I can't afford not to do what I've been doing for the last year. Because then you're just getting stuck in the same cycles over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And 
trust me, I've spent a lot of money this year that I don't have in the process of not working as much as I normally do and hiring consultants, hiring publishers, hiring editors, hiring coaches, all of those things. But I'm realizing that my mission is a lot stronger than than the concept of money. My mission is driven around finding that fulfillment within what it is that I'm doing, finding fulfillment in each day, finding the joy in the little things and not worrying about how much does it cost? What is this? Having a realistic budget, but knowing that there are things that are, you have to pay to play no matter what's mm -hmm. happening. And there are times where you can put yourself in a dark corner knowing, you know, I've been digging a bit of a, a financial hole this year, but I know I have so much confidence in the way that this book is. And I know the message that I'm providing. And I know that my mission, if, if I can touch the lives of one or two women and teach them the lessons that I eventually learned so they don't make the same mistakes that I did and they can reach their goals faster and they can realize their dreams and have more belief in themselves at a younger age than I finally did, then all of this is going to be worth it. Yeah. I, I love it. We're so aligned. Like that was, yeah. and like the, uh, the things when I was starting this podcast, the things I was saying to myself, I can just make a difference. And, you know, one or two people's lives and the way that they think about money and just kind of like shifting those um, stories that we always told yeah. ourselves or that we've learned and that we've, that we've internalized as fact right? And like started to challenge those, then that's yeah. where like things start to open up a little bit. That's where we can feel, we can start to feel um, ourselves changing. What's really been on my mind lately is a lot lately is how people use money as an excuse. People use okay. money as an excuse to, um, to avoid doing things that um, they're actually afraid of. And mm -hmm. I, it's fear, right? And so we say money, well, I can't do that because I can't afford it. But why is it that we let money be such a driver in our decisions? And that frustrates me so much because money holds so much power in our culture, but it doesn't have to. It does not have to. We. It's only if we let it, right? Mm -hmm. So it, we have to have this like kind of conversation with ourselves, like what's more important, what's feel like, like that goal or that dream or that, you know, like that, that feeling good about ourselves or is it the money? Right. And this is something that's just, I'm really struggling with because I feel like I see, we see so often people that like stay in that dead end job or stay in something relationship that they hate or whatever it is because it's money because money is, yeah. well, it'll, it, you'll get the pension at the end of the day, or it pays well, or you're taken care of. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's not serving you, you're going to still be miserable, no matter how much money you have. And right. I, I just feel like we have to start to acknowledge that in ourselves and recognize where we're using money as an excuse. So yep. it's in your case and in, and in my case, oftentimes, and in a lot of other people's situations, we say, well, I'm just not going to do that because I can't afford it. Even if physically you can't afford it, like if you look at the numbers and you say, that's tight or I can't make that happen, there are options. <laughs> like there oh, are yeah. options. You just have to believe in yourself and you have to be responsible about it. And that's where also I think we get so much um, kind of cultural backlash too, is there's like misconceptions around um, the use of debt. 
um, which yeah. is actually a tool. It's a good thing. Um, and a lot of people are like debt free, debt free. But I mean, if it is working in your favor and it allows you to have flexibility to live the life that you that you want and to to accomplish what you want to do and move forward, there's nothing wrong with it in my mind. But it's moving no. through those those kind of stories that we tell ourselves. And I I couldn't agree with you more. I have again, very fortunate that my company is 13 years old and it's been, you know, we have been very successful, even through COVID. We didn't have any layoffs or anything like that, which was awesome. And like I said, when I started writing this book and I negotiate, not negotiated, but I worked out with my, with my business manager, how we were going to look at 2023 and 2024 based on me not contributing a lot to the company financially, billable hours, that whole thing. I am using debt at this stage of the game for one of the first times since I genuinely started my firm. But 12 years ago, I had this I, this wonderful um, developer. He said, Amanda, congratulations on starting your new, your new company. It's great to see you excelling. This is wonderful. And he was generous enough to give me a gift. And that gift came at a time that I need a gift, a financial gift. And that gift came at a time where he believed in me. He had faith in what it was that I was doing, regardless of any of the chaos or the reasons why I'd left the firm that I was at or what have you. And the following week, I met with this woman who was a coach. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I need this more than anything in the world. I need this more than the peanut butter and jelly. And I don't have to drive anywhere. I can figure out how to meet with her on the phone, all of it. And she told me how much it was. And I looked right at her. I was like, oh my God, that's a whole mortgage payment. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it like, I sat there and I thought, I can't give you payment. I'm barely making mortgage payments. And so then I realized that I had already been gifted the almost the exact quantity of what she was asking me crazy? to pay her. And I thought, all right, you know what? One for one, I'm going to do this. She said to me when we had coffee the second time, this is 10, 10, 12 years ago. She said, Amanda, you cannot afford to not do this. Right. And I said, why? And she said, because you learning how to believe in yourself, learning that you are going to work hard and do the things that it's going to take to get out of this debt, to make yourself more valuable, to to ensure that you are getting paid what you are worth. She said, this is what it costs. You have to pay to play. And, you know, there are some people that just run up credit cards, you know, buying shoes, buying clothes. They've got stuff everywhere in their house that they absolutely don't need. And if somebody says, hey, can you afford a gift certificate for somebody, you know, it's their birthday. You want to give me 40 bucks? We'll go, you know, we'll do halvesies. Or, no, no, I can't afford it. But yet they have the ability to afford going out to dinner with their friends and it's going to cost $60 the following evening. And it's just a matter of aligning our priorities yes. with how we want our future to look. Yes. It's aligning those things. You yes. don't need two extra bags of something, something, or that extra pair of shoes. This is going to, you know, the experience is going to be more valuable than that thing. Totally agree. I couldn't have said it better. And I think it's, it, I was just going to say, it's the power of intention, right? And it's yep. the power of intention and aligning our our actions, our words, our, how we're using our money 
in alignment with what is important to us. So what are those values? What are those priorities? And I think the key here is that so many women um, are running on this, as I just said, like we're on this treadmill all day long for years and years and years, right? We're, we're working, we're taking care of kids. We're just doing everything for everybody else. Yeah. And we lose ourselves and we lose the concept of what is important to us. What are our priorities? And we also have to know that our priorities now today are different than our priorities three years ago, right? Five years ago, whatever it is. And I think we need to give ourselves that gift of, of slowing down and checking in with ourselves to determine yeah. what those priorities are. What are those priorities and what are those values? And then and then work through the discomfort because again, we've been taught for our entire lives. And even when we were kids, because we watched our we we watched our moms model that for us and we've gotten mm-hmm. these messages from culture that our our role is to take care of everybody else. So we need to work through that discomfort that we matter too, and that yeah. we can prioritize ourselves and we can, pri- and there are things that we love that we can, um, we can feel into and we can make a reality into our lives. Yeah. And I do like, it's the, it's the power of the mindset, number one, but it is, it is aligning our values. And to be a hundred percent honest, I didn't really understand what my values even were. Right. Well, I went through this, this Tony Robbins exercise, right? I'm, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I feel that his message out there in the world is just, he's doing an amazing job at helping people make that shift. But I sat down, did the exercises, which I've now, you know, pulled into alignment with myself, but I didn't even know what my values were to start. And once I started seeing the values that I had been running towards for so many years and how misaligned with how they were misguiding me on what I really, really wanted, I took the chance to take a step back and say, hey, you know what? Let's figure out the values that I do want people to associate with me. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight, but the decision can. The decision to make the adjustment can happen in a second. And then you just start, you just start making those little shifts those little shifts. And eventually, if you believe in in your mission for yourself to to adjust the value, to ensure that what your intentions are align with your heart and your soul and and the way that your family functions and the way that you need to function as an individual, as a woman, as a mom, as an employee, as a boss, as a business owner, however you want to do it, understanding your values is one of the first steps aligning them with where you want to go is like one of the third or fourth steps. Exactly. Cause you have to really like feel into that, like asking, just don't ask ourselves the questions enough. Like who do I want to be? How do I want to feel? Right. And how is that different from where I am today? And how am I going to get there? Right. And if we can like get to that point of like identifying that, then we have to feel it. We have to actually like feel it. So we know what it feels like. Yeah. And then, and like physically feel it like motion, emotionally feel it, but physically feel it so that we can then start. It's easier to start to make our, um, or change our behaviors to go Mm -hmm. in that direction. Right. Cause you can't just, I just think like, I think about it like going on a diet, right? Like, oh yeah. Like if you restrict something and you tell yourself like, you can't have chocolate or whatever it is, then you think about it you're just going to crave it. That's all you think about. Right. So like, it just makes it harder and harder and harder. But if you actually like change your lifestyle enough, 
that like your mindset is shifted so that like that doesn't that isn't a priority anymore and something else is a priority then it's just easy to make it happen it is and you know the simplicity of me turning around and saying i love salad i love salad i love salad i love i love big crunchy juicy salads instead of saying i can't have any chocolate yes you know like then there's yeah. a big difference between those two things one thing is that i'm I'm taking something that I love away from myself. And the other thing is just shifting my mindset towards appreciating something that I know is better for me. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, you're talking about getting into it, feeling it, understanding the physiology of what actually happens within our nervous system when we start to accept, when we start to believe and, and it starts to show up in how we focus. There's this whole communication triad on what we focus on you know, it's that whole where your focus goes, energy flows. You have that aspect to it. The language that we use to tell ourselves, if we continue to walk around and say, oh, God, I don't have enough. Well, you're continually telling yourself you don't have enough. But if you walk around saying, I'm going to make this work, it yep. will work. Yep. And then, you know, it's also, are you going to say, I can't have any chocolate with your head down and your body crunched in or stand up straight and say, Oh my God, I love salad. You know, it's, right, so, right. it's, it's, it's a whole different experience in your body. It's, we have the most complex element on the planet and like our bodies respond in ways that we may not ever comprehend. And, but it is, it's factual, it's scientific and it's amazing. You know, yeah. so if we can understand the mindset of how to align, how to really feel into what it is that we want, money stops becoming an excuse and abundance starts becoming the reality. Yeah, it's so powerful. I, I like it's I, I struggle sometimes like I talk about this on the show and it's like that this mindset around like abundance versus kind of like like the reality. Right. Like you can. Mm -hmm. But I just think maybe there's. I do truly believe that there's always options. There are always options. I am, I come from the financial planning background where I'm like the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, right. And like thinking of it more black and white, but I also see that there's like such a powerful energetic, like world around us. And that if we're continuing to just like, I, like you said, you know, like, woe is me and carry that story around with us where we're not believing in ourselves, where we're, you know, feeling like a victim, then of course nothing is gonna there's no options like your 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 um your opportunities are totally closed off You're so you're putting gotta, blinders on <laughs> yes you've gotta you have to find the way to like open yourself up and once you like it, it's not necessarily going to be a flip that you a switch that you flip it's not it's it's a process because this is something like I grew up in scarcity mode like my yeah. Parents were always like, no, you can't have that. Wait till your dad gets paid. Like I, all I wanted was to have like the stuff that my friends had. Right. And I, I, I didn't. And my mom, you know, like, again, it's a generational thing. Like she yeah. came from learned scarcity from her parents and they yeah. probably learned it from their parents. Right. So it just gets passed down. So again, this is like our job to sort of like reparent ourselves and shift things that they never did, right? It's our right. opportunity to teach our kids something about the world because I don't want my kid, like my my, my seven-year-old has been saying lately, like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. I know it's going to be a bad day. And I'm just like, buddy, like, but 
it's only going to be a bad day if you want it to be a bad day. Like you could, you can change the way that you think. You can say, hey, it's actually going to be a good day. Like I'm going to play with this kid at recess or I'm going to like whatever, do really well on my my math test today, whatever it is. And you just have to believe it. Like you have to believe that. And he woke up this morning, very different than he had the rest of the week. And he's like, mom, I was like lying in bed. And I was thinking like, it's going to be a pretty good day. And I'm like, see, that makes all the difference. And then it was just smoother getting out the door. Like everything was, everything was smoother. So I just feel like it starts at a very basic level, but we have to like recognize that, that it's, it's not going to be an overnight switch. It's going to keep happening. And we have to keep teaching ourselves day in and day out that like mindset is a choice. Mindset is a choice. And, you know, my, my tagline for my consulting and and coaching is fulfillment lies on the other side of today's choices. And the choices can happen in an instant. It's the actions that we take after that, that we need to be consistent with that will eventually give us the opportunity to have that big shift. Yeah. And, you know, you continuously telling your son, buddy, you know, just keep telling yourself it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Finally, you know, sometimes maybe it's that layering. Maybe it finally there was enough of it repeated over and over again where he said, yeah, I think that's great. It's the same thing with money. It's the same thing with changing yep. your career. It's the yep. same thing with with making any type of big decision, getting married, getting divorced, starting a new job, quitting a job, whatever yep. it may be in, in, in saying, all right, well, now that you've made the decision, own it, feel it, live in the environment in your mind and in your mindset of what is going to happen when it's all said and done and believe in who you are there. Because if you believe in what you can see in your mind of who it is that you are becoming, of who you know that you have the ability to be, yeah, you will naturally gravitate towards that, towards that existence. You will naturally yeah. get to that point. And it's not fake it till you make it. It's the belief in who you genuinely know your soul has the ability to be. It's just not now. And then one day you might wake up after all of these itty bitty little shifts that you're doing one after the next, you put one foot in front of the other, you do it again, you do it again. One day you wake up and all of a sudden you'll be standing there having a random conversation with your husband or your friend or your coach. And they say something to you and you're like, oh my God, I'm actually here. I made it. This is what I've been talking about. Yeah. This is yeah. where I wanted to be. And when that happens, it's like, holy crap, yeah. I can never do it again. You know, and you yeah. just keep raising the bar. You just keep raising the standard yeah. for yourself. Well, and it's also having the patience, right? Because it's so easy yeah. to be like, okay, I, I'm doing all this work and I'm putting this intention out there into the world and it's not happening. It's not it happening. It takes time. It takes time. Right. So it's, it's knowing that like, it doesn't, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a couple of months. It's probably not even going to happen in a couple of years, but it's like little tiny baby steps and you have to celebrate those wins along the way. And, and I think, again, this is like a, a lesson for not just like the specific thing that we're dealing with, but it's a lesson for life. Like it, it, it's, it's a long game. It's a long game. It is. Life is a long game and it's about having faith. You yeah. know, you may not be able to see the results tomorrow. It's like going to the gym. You can't expect to go into the gym for one hour and have like bulging biceps. If that's Correct. what you're looking for, it takes, yeah. but it's worth it. 
And yeah. sometimes, and sometimes it hurts. And sometimes, even when you're taking and you're putting one step in front of the other and one step in front of the, the next, you might get distracted and trip and fall backwards. And that's okay. There's a lesson there. Maybe you were moving a little bit too fast. Maybe you should have taken a left when you were trying to take a right. Maybe it's you need a little break. Maybe you just maybe, need to hop off need a break. and take a take a breath for a little bit. Right. And that's it. And that's what I've learned in the process of writing my book. I learned that there were hundreds of lessons that I was unable to pay attention to because I was just moving too damn fast and I did not take the time. I was on such a mission of ensuring that my significance was known all around the world in some fashion whatsoever, you know, to prove myself that yeah. I was enough. I wasn't too much. I was this, I was that running scared like a child from my limiting beliefs. Yep. And when I, finally nurtured that inner child it's a whole therapy concept work where you go in and you really start to find out you know where was the issue okay when I was four all right when I was seven when I was 15 you go in and you start working on those elements and it's like yeah. oh those were the lessons that I was trying that's why I broke my foot that's why this happened that's why I got sick I needed to take a break but I wasn't paying attention right right yeah. No, I, I am a very firm believer. And I guess this is a faith thing too, that it's hard, right? But everything yeah. does happen for a reason. Now, yes. I, I, we don't know what those reasons are often yeah. and that can be confusing and frustrating. And we want to find a reason, like we almost like are searching for something that may not actually be what it is. Sometimes there's no explanation for it, but like, it's there to teach us a lesson. It's to teach us something, right? Mm -hmm. Every Everything happens to teach us something. I believe that. Everything happens for us. And, and it's, it's that faith, you know? I mean, again, I, I was always like, oh, I believe in the spirituality of the universe, da, 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 da. But I feel that my, my awareness of the, my actual higher power, when I really started doing the work to uncover some of the nonsense that I've been hanging on to for such a long time, it really opened the avenue for me to to pay attention to what what that divine plan actually is for me and to accept all the steps and the mishaps and the backwards and the forwards and the lefts and the rights up to this point, knowing that I may not understand all of the reasons why it's happened, but I'm now in a space where there is a plan I don't need to understand all of it. I don't need to experience it <laughs> to yes. be able to understand it. That was my mantra. Well, I, I'm not going to really understand it unless I go through it myself. Well, newsflash, I've gone through enough. There's plenty more to come, but it is, I now have a different level of faith knowing that, okay, this is the path I'm on. I'm going yeah. to embrace it. Yeah. I'm going to, to take it by the horns and just go. Yeah. So Yeah, I love that. Yeah. With that, I, I, as we're starting to kind of wrap up the conversation, I would love to get your thoughts on kind of biggest lesson from the book. Um, like what's the, maybe your biggest piece of advice that you would want the listeners to walk away with re after reading it. The last chapter is all about leaning into loving yourself. And the 17 chapters before that are uncovering the ways that we can. It's learning about your limiting beliefs, understanding where the lessons may have been, turning around and thanking the people that really put you through hell because there were lessons into that. And at the end of the day, for me, it is primarily about 
understanding what values align with who I am and who I want to be and embracing the change that I need to make in myself to accomplish those goals, to reach those dreams and to be the person I know I am meant to be. I love it. I love it. I am so excited to read this book. So can uh, I yeah. tell everybody a little bit more about how they can find it? I know when this is going to air, it, the, the book will just be just about becoming out. So tell us a little bit more about that and how people can follow you. Absolutely. So it is called The Chameleon Diaries, Designing a Life Worth Changing For. It will be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I My goal is to get it into as many smaller local bookstores as well. So hopefully, depending on where you live, you can go in and find it for a book signing someday. Uh, it's coming out the end of February 2024. My website at this stage of the game um, is where you can actually log on. And if um, if you're interested, it is amandagreaves.com and it's A-M-A-N-D-A-G-R-E-A-V-E-S.com. There's a link to the book. It'll take you right there. You can also find me on Instagram, Amanda underscore Greaves, um, Facebook, Amanda Greaves nine. And so those are those are the locations where I'm at. I'm also on LinkedIn. And I'm excited for this book to come out because I feel like I said, if there's one or two women that I can advise on turning left when they're actually making the wrong right turn, I, I hope that I have the ability to, you know, positively influence as many people as possible so I they can that. reach their dreams yeah. yeah well thank you for being vulnerable enough and sharing your story with the world and your words of wisdom and it's just so your story is just so inspiring and this has been such a pleasure chatting with you yes, I, i'm excited to read the book myself once it's available and um, obviously share it with with everyone so yeah. this is great thank you so much for your time oh thank you megan it was great 